at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 9.5 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Nordor, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, Golden Bird Books, UK Annuals, Filmation, Jetlag, MYP, and so much more. I'm Matthew Duch. I'm here with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing tonight? It's nighttime. It's crazy. I love it's it. Nighttime. We're we're being night elves tonight instead of doing the the daytime <laughs> deal. So we yeah, are. we're we're breaking all the rules. So if you see <laughs> Sean falling asleep over there, just don't worry about it. Don't keep it down. Don't wake it, him. He'll be fine. He just needs a little nap. It's not four in the morning yet. It's not. That's, <laughs> that's when I turn into a pumpkin lately. <laughs> that's when he goes live over on the Legends of Grayskull Facebook page and, and drops I have my, all these fan theories and then deletes it before Matt wakes up in the morning. So yeah, it's right. I, I love to drive him nuts and go, what did I miss? It's like, it I is. don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> Except for three hour. people who are up at that hour. And they're usually, they're on for literally 30 seconds. And then they're like, oh, God. And then they just walk <laughs> away from it. You know, I will say that. I w- I've always wondered how accurate those numbers are up there on, like, the Facebook Lives because if so, I'd drive people off like crazy. Like, mine will, like, jump up to, like, eight, <laughs> and then it'll jump down to, like, z- negative two. And I'm like, how's it, how's it even possible to have negative viewers Facebook? Hey. But I, I find <laughs> a way somehow. At <laughs> least you have eight. I think the most I've ever had watching anything live I've ever done on Facebook might have been four. So <laughs> you already beat me, no I matter know. what. So. Oh, it's terrible. But we're here on the podcast. We're actually getting quite a few views here. Um, I do want to say real quick here, because I keep forgetting at the end of the episode, uh, thank you, all you viewers, all you listeners, whether you're on YouTube, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that there is a contest going on here. Um, probably next week uh, we'll draw the winner for that, and you have to be a subscriber to win. Um, so I'm going to be giving away a slime pit He-Man bobblehead to one viewer and, uh, the, or bobblehead. It's the Funko Pops, the slime pit He-Man, the hot, uh, GameStop exclusive slime pit He-Man Funko Pop to one. And then the FYE Triclops, uh, Funko Pop exclusive to another viewer. But you have to be mm-hmm. subscribers. I'm going to take all of our subscribers and, uh, throw them on a, on a wheel and pick, and pick a couple winners. So... Make sure you subscribe, like, subscribe, and share, and we'll get to that again at the end. But I keep forgetting to mention the contest, so you guys have like a week here 
Uh, the episode we record on the 8th, we'll go ahead and draw the winner. So right now, we've only got 27 subscribers. Uh, so really good odds. Really good odds, definitely. Really good odds. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> since we're doing thank yous as well, um, let me do a quick shout-out then. Uh, Podcasters of the Universe, Jeremy DeWitt and Steve Bashotti. You guys brought us up on your last episode. I think it was episode 64. When you start talking about MYP and 2000X vehicles, all of a sudden my name starts dropping like crazy. And Jeremy did do a, a nice little plug, you know, Legends of Grace Call, check that out, you know, and it's like that was that was really nice of them. So thanks again, Jeremy and Steve. I appreciate yes, thank it. Thank you guys. Um those guys basically were the ones who made me go, it would be fun if I had a podcast one day and look at what happened. So there you <laughs> go. I, and uh you know, they they definitely they fueled my my master's um, excitement for the last few years until a lot of other stuff started kicking off. So eh, I, I appreciate it. They, they're good Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Cheers to them. Yep. So. Uh, okay. And while we're in the announcements phase here, <laughs> last week I made a mistake. And as soon as we got done recording and I was proofing everything, I told Sean I made a mistake. And, uh, <laughs> I, I did, didn't catch it fast enough, I did and get, I was bad. I did get called out on it. So, um, And thank you to you guys at Canaan. As always, he was quick to message me and go, Hey, Matt, you know, uh, you messed up here. I do appreciate it. Um, back when we were talking about the power of Grayskull, uh, MYP. Yeah, the MYP episode, uh, the power of Grayskull, I talked about they had the core horde members on there. I mistakenly called Mantena Modulock. So <laughs> I definitely know who the two are and that they are different. I promise. Uh, well, just, it was just that error. Because you hear Modulock so much more about him than Mantena, I think. But it was Mantena there. It was the original Hordes members. If, if you're going to get called out on something, he's the guy that you want to have call you out on it. Because oh, yeah. that guy is... An encyclopedia. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know based on his interactions on Facebook and Mm -hmm. and with you and everything. It's like, if you're going to get called out, get called out by the best. Absolutely. And I told you I was going to get called out. I messaged you before we even uploaded the episode. I'm like, someone's going to catch that because I catch it just on a quick playthrough where I was jumping around just checking quality. So. Mm. Oh, but I think I will do better in the future. But yeah, yeah when you call, did that the other day, I, was, I did not even catch it as much. <laughs> I was focused so much on where we were going with yeah. the actual review. So there you go. Exactly. So that happens. We're human. We are human, and like I'm my sorry. wife tells me that all the time. So so, so Yuka and like I told him, Yuka, you are the official first winner of our fabulous Legends of Grace goal. No prize. So, Ooh, we do those. Those are great. No we prizes do those now. <laughs> We're like Marvel Comics. We are. Yuka will go down in infamy. He was the first no-prize winner. Nice. Congratulations. (laughs) So, I think that's all of the housekeeping we have today. Oh, except for, for, well, I mean, we don't do it live, but it'll air tomorrow. That's quick enough, right? Um, Wow. So, and I even got Sean a little bit with this a minute ago when we were talking about the show. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. according to sources... Uh, tonight at midnight, we will be treated to the first teaser trailer for Masters of the Universe Revelation, the new Netflix series uh, from showrunner Kevin Smith. 
So we're yeah, all we'll see. really excited for that. <laughs> um, and we usually don't date the shows because, I don't know, I feel, I feel it makes it a little bit more jumping any time. But I will say right now that we're recording at 9, 12 p.m. my time on April 1st. So Yeah, and that makes it. And actually something I was going to ask is, midnight what time zone because if it's midnight eastern it, okay yeah. if it, it you know it's like if that's a big yeah, no. thing then i'm up till what 2 30 in the morning oh, easily. This thing today. <laughs> well you're east coast so you could be up till three I'm in east, the morning easily if it so. premieres uh uh pacific time or whatever yeah. yeah yeah so the odd time with the date and it's it's just a uh, blog facebook page that's posting it it being april 1st yeah but, you eh. know, maybe it may, may. Stranger things have happened, but I'm not holding my breath. Well, here's here's what <laughs> I'll do. Here's what I'll say. If it does happen, mm-hmm. I am happy because I will still be up, I'm sure. I will go and do a live after it happens and premieres. There you go. And if others – and granted, this is going to be posted way after this event. Yeah. But if <laughs> anybody joins me to talk shop about it, yeah, that would be great. If that does not happen – as in I don't go live, you'll know why. I didn't see it. So it's just that simple. <laughs> By so. the time this airs, we'll know. But uh, <laughs> like I told Sean before it started, I don't trust any news that comes out this day, even if it proves to be accurate. I I will If they're still saying it's gonna something's going to happen on April 2nd, then I'll start listening. But yeah. April 1st in today's... Uh, social media world uh, news means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah, give it give it about forty eight hours, and if it actually does still hold up, there you go. Now what? Now watch. Someone's probably going to drop something tonight. Like at midnight, they'll just like put something on YouTube, like Master Universe Revelation trailer. It'll be like some dude <laughs> just like sitting on his couch playing trombone or something. The- no, I, I'm just it'll end up being like an animated GIF of the actual poster, <laughs> but they made it that the lightning is flashing, and they're like, "It was a teaser," and I'll it's be a like, teaser. "Really? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a couple." It was an animated GIF. There's a difference. They'll have a, they'll have a couple classics figures or something, and they'll just be. Yeah, that, that would be at least that would be entertaining though. I'll give them that. They so. would, and it'd, it'd probably get like 1.7 million views in like an hour yeah. or so. And, and it'll go on every news media outlet. They're going to make an animated series out of somebody playing with their toys. And that's how <laughs> right. it's, I'll just be sitting there going, this is not helping us right now. It'll be a BuzzFeed but. article. Ten things we now know about Masters of the Universe Revelation. It's <laughs> the filled with action an- figures. <laughs> the person animating it does not have a complete collection. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they'd say if I tried, because there's definitely figures missing on my shelf, but I got enough that I could do some damage, I No, think, no, so. you, could, you could put together a pretty good roster there. So. <laughs> so we, Where's we Spike Or He didn't show up yet. I'm waiting for eBay. <laughs> so That's anyway. when you do all the stuff, like, they're talking, like, off screen, like, you got you got your Beastman figure, like, right off camera, like, hey, Spike Or, how's it going over there? Oh, you're almost done? Okay, Spike good. Or. <laughs> Spike Or. Skeletor wants us to do something. I'm on my way. I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> Is it onesies or twosies? I don't know. It just hurts. <laughs> now, see, Filmation, Stinkor with fart jokes. Come on. We can make them out of anybody. It doesn't oh, have to be Stinkor. Simple as that. 
We're, we're talented. So. We can do <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how old, the older we get, the funnier that bathroom humor <laughs> still is. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, God, so. I love it. So, down, down, now I think we got all the announcements out of the way. So, because mm-hmm. we're really bad at it. We always forget at the end by the time we're done. So, now, our our discussion. This is our big discussion episode here. I really like these. I like pushing Sean out of his comfort zone. He likes pushing me out of mine. And and I think a lot of times you get so bogged down in the He-Man, Tila, Orko, Man-at-Arms, Masters of the Universe storyline, you know, it's good to kind of flex your mind muscles about some of these sub-characters, these side-characters, or even just what's going on in the world of Eternia, Etheria, whatever, beyond this, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you really, you really, I mean, we got a compendium this thick of people, places, spells, locations. There's so much story to tell beyond He-Man, you know? So, and I think, Shawnee, you even said a little bit about that, that, you know, you kind of you kind of dipped a little toe into the vast waters of really digging deep into some of this character stuff, right? Oh, it was, it was interesting <laughs> last night. Um, uh, your roster has forced me to dig deep on this episode, and the digging deep has only made me go, holy crap, the amount of stuff that I don't know about Masters is ridiculous. <laughs> and it made me go, at least I'm expanding my horizons by doing this. So, right. Yeah. No, it's, it is, it's, it's vast. I mean, you've got the experts around, around the country, around the globe that, you know, that when we bring up all the time, James E. Talk, Daniel Galerta, you guys, I mean, and so much more. I can't even, I could sit here for a half hour listing everybody I even know. I mean, the credit pages on these dark horse books are, are a page long. It's, it's crazy. But, you know, still, no one knows everything. It's impossible. There's too much out there. There's too much conflicting. There's too much everything. Um, but basically, it just, it's just, and, and, you know, Sean and I both like doing this. We've done this about other things outside of even these about just spitballing story ideas. And, you know, what we did our B-team discussion. If you guys haven't checked that episode out, that was around episode six or so. Um, also, had Space Ace Bio. If you're looking on YouTube, that'll be the title card. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it just, it just, we, so we just, we just, we love doing this. We love thinking of these alternate story ideas, these one shots, whatever. So for this time, we each, if you missed last episode, we each pick three characters to give to the other person. And that person <laughs> had to come up with a story idea. So, Sean uh, pushed me a little bit outside of my comfort zone. I pushed him a little out of his. So, you want to go You want to go first or second, Shawnee? Uh, I'll do first. I'll um, do first? Okay. So, yeah, let's see how I can do this. So, <laughs> I gave Sean the characters of Zor, the Falcon, uh, the Sorceress's bird form. Uh, then I gave him Stan Lin uh, from the Filmation episode House of Shakodi who was the Royal Archaeologist Malacta's assistant. And then the villain that they were going to face somehow was Ninjor, the evil ninja warrior of Skeletor. So, Sean, how'd you do? 
<laughs> well, let's let's see. Uh, I just got a message from the wife going, "Keep it down." So I'm going to try to buffer my voice here as best as I can. Um, I know, all right, I'm just, so I'm trying to do the same thing though. Although I keep, I think, creeping up myself. So <laughs> this is what it means to be a husband and father doing podcasts. It's horrible. Um, all right, so basically, the the story that I thought up is. Um, Stanlin is now in a position where he would be the royal archaeologist, and Malaktha is starting to take a step back. He's got an older. This is you know okay. far enough removed from the filmation that now Stanlin is the guy. Okay, in so that he, way, he made him an adult. All right, I like that. He's like he's that. more of an adult. He's more cautious because of what happened to him previously, and he. But the the big event that just happened that makes it that he's now in the spotlight in Eternia mm-hmm. right now is the, um, the, the three towers okay. have been, okay. have been unveiled. They, they have come back. And so it's like, he is the first, one of the first people outside of like the heroic warriors who gets to go and examine and explore these towers that have been never explored since ancient times. And, um, because of the storyline, the the uh, search for Keldor, there is that whole element of those happening, and then you have like He Man, Clamp Champ, and they go and explore it with uh, Randor and and uh, Sorceress, Scareglow, and and um, Ninjor showing up with Skeletor. Sure. So I kind of added that into it, where it was probably around that time or a little after that time. And he's there exploring it. He's exploring it in the daytime because he's not an idiot anymore. Sure. But when he goes into the Viper Tower, the Viper Tower is where the trouble starts happening for him because that's where the evil is all built up. And in there is that's where Ninjor is is keeping shop for a while. And the whole point of Ninjor in the story is he's supposed to be uh, a bit of a um, a dual player because he is he was called by Skeletor, but he also answers to Hordak, mm-hmm. according to what I was reading. So he's there trying to figure out how to harness the power and give it to Hordak so Hordak can come and destroy Skeletor, destroy He-Man, and conquer Attorney, and that's his in now in that way. Well, with all this happening, and at this point, the other thing that I, I was thinking too is he's there exploring it, and because he's in this tower, he loses track of what time of the day it is because... Once you get in there, and I don't know enough about the tower. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know enough about the towers to even say I understand more than the the, the Viper one is for evil, the Grayskull one is for good, the yeah. middle one is for like ultimate power. So that's all I understand yeah. about it's it. It's the neutral. So, Those are the good and evil forces. Yeah, they're, they're combined or together. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So the element for me is, you know, when you're in the Viper Tower, you you kind of get lost in the darkness there. And it's the whole Shakoti sure. aspect of it where you don't know if it's daylight, you don't know if it's nighttime anymore, and he's just in there. And the amount of stuff he's discovering is is really grabbing his attention. He's geeking out about it. And the whole, you know, oh, if Malakthor were here, and da-da-da-da-da, and all that kind of stuff. I like it. And and the problem is because Ninjor is somebody who thrives on stealth and darkness and silence, Ninjor views Stanlin being in there as encroaching in his territory and he starts doing things to mess with Stanlin while he's in there. But the other thing is, because he's in there and trying to figure out how to get the evil power 
to Hordak, mm-hmm. that then affects him. And he starts getting powers that are bigger than the powers he already possesses. So he's starting to get to like a level of of potency where he's starting to become a power player by messing around in this thing. Sure. The meantime, the sorceress is in Grayskull, mm-hmm. and at this point in Search for Keldor, we find out that the sorceress now can get out of Grayskull without having to be Zor because of sure. the, three the, of the three towers appearing. Yeah. The power mm-hmm. of the three towers. Sorceress is in Grayskull, and this silhouette figure shows up. And this silhouette figure is someone that most American audiences would never have ever seen in their entire lives. Okay. The silhouette figure is someone that I discovered. Thank you, Danielle Galerter, for this. Uh, <laughs> He-Man.org. I was, I, was, I was researching last night a bunch, and there's some interesting things that I never knew about the mythology. And I was like, they went there with this. Interesting. Mm-hmm. German comic books. Okay. And like there is a stuff. character called the Allfather. Basically the Masters of the Universe equivalent of Odin. Okay. For lack of a better term. And I actually oh, yeah, I hit the wrong yeah. I hit the wrong button there. Hang on one second. That's all right, and, that, that wasn't showing up on screen at all. <laughs> Alright, well then the, the Allfather basically has this this Odin look about him. And his real name is Valorius. The Allfather, it says, when when the corruption of evil began in the newborn multiverse, multiverse, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the eldest of the ancients, the magic kings of the first era, rallied his brethren into battle at the behest of the overlords of the timeless dimension. His war with the fallen ancient Nordor began the cycle of good versus evil throughout history. After the defeat of Nordor and the creation of Eternia at the center of the universe, the Allfather and his people entrusted stewardship of their magnificent starseed to Keklar and the elders of Praternia. However, the Allfather warned that his kind had labored for too long and would submit to the dream sleep until needed again in the final battleground. Yet, before their slumber, his youngest daughter, whom he most loved, chose to stay among the mortals and marry a man who had served the ancients well with heavy heart the all-father agreed knowing her sacrifice would one day lead to the birth of he-man now this is an eric marshall unofficial bio and so is the other thing i'm going to be referencing so i'm not going to say this is complete canon but it works nicely in what i'm trying to do here because the all-father would show up in grayskull find the sorceress Mm -hmm. and basically say to her there's this the 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 tower showing is the foretelling of the time is about to end. It's that idea of like this would be like the Ragnarok. These things sure. were not meant to be showing up at any given time. There's a reason for this, and so Ninja were being in there and getting bathed in this evil from the the Viper Tower mm-hmm. is now playing havoc with the universe in a sense. What what did you say the All Father's real name was? Valorius. It was, uh, hang on. Yeah, I was trying to see if I could find anything in the compendium here. I mean, they've got the the overlords, obviously, because that's been referenced a few times in different things. But he's he's called the Master of the Ancients, Valorius, V-A-L-O-R-I-U-S. And again, this is an Eric Marshall bio, but I found out through uh, posts on the org from Penny 
that are from Danielle, I should say that um, he was from the German comics, which I never knew anything about this yeah. guy until last night. And I don't see anything here, but of course there is that, uh, that uh, second part of the compendium that's coming out. So maybe this is one of the things that they never got in there. They know possible. there is some stuff missing from here. So but sorry, I didn't so, mean to throw you off there. Go ahead. The reason that I brought him into it, and the reason that I love that he would be a premonition person to talk to the sorceress is here's something else I found out. Zor. Yes. Zor itself with these unofficial bios, the Eric Marshall bios here, is actually a fighting falcon deity in these. Yep. And, and Zor, Eternity War did something similar too, where Zor was a god a god type yeah, creature. Yeah. So. so so Zor began as the Falcon of the All Father who spread his solar wings across the cosmos as a scout for the of the divine hunt. But when the spirit of evil made other god beasts like the winged Horikoth yep. into terrible monsters who plagued the worlds under the old lord or the old god's protection, All Father gave Zor his power to become a god warrior defending creation from the com- contamination of evil. Zor held a place of honor in the pantheon of Old Eternia. During King Grayskull's exploits, Zor reassumed his form as a falcon to watch over the Eternian champion. He later gave Grayskull's wife, Vina, the power to assume a similar form, a spell she passed down to other sorceresses of Grayskull. Uh, when the evil Skeletor tried to set loose the final ultimate battleground by unleashing Horikoth and Serpo, Zor returned in his warrior, warrior and giant forms to do battle with them at He-Man's side. So what I did was I liked the idea that that would be the All-Father showing up sure. and basically saying to the sorceress, you can, you can leave these walls without being the, the form of Zor. Mm-hmm. I need Zor. Right. We need Zor. So he would actually turn the, the, the spirit that she's been turning into Zor all this time. He actually sets her free of that. And then he uses the spirit form uh, that was his bird mm-hmm. to go in and try to save Stanlin at this point because the idea that now Ninjor is messing with this power he doesn't understand in there then opens the door to we need bigger help than even He-Man to try to stop this because if we don't stop it now, it gets worse. So basically, Zor is not just the falcon in the traditional terms. Zor is more of like a warrior god sure. spirit, the way that I, I pictured it. And, you know, you have Zor going in there because this is a deity versus it being a man. And even with the Starseed, He-Man did have like moments of, I could stop all of this and sure. all that. And it, it's not that it's not that the All-Father doesn't trust He-Man. It's the All-Father looks at it as, you know... My people are coming back because now this is getting urgent that you guys have discovered this stuff and now people are going to be trying to get their hands on it. It's power that no mortal should be able to even understand all of that kind of stuff. Sure. And so basically, you know, the idea is Stanlin is stuck in there and he's getting like, you know, he's he's basically being. (laughs) Um, like a mouse in a maze again in this situation, not, not by his own doing as in he's going in there against somebody else's rules, but he didn't understand what he was walking into. And now he's at the mercy of this ninja who's a powered up version of him and getting worse by the moment. And the potential of him getting killed is there. And then Zor is now coming in to actually 
try to stop Ninjor, and Muzor also finds out Stanlin is in there. So it's <laughs> the idea now Zor has to protect a human, and it's it's also playing around with that whole thing of this is why humans should not be messing with this stuff, you know, in that way. So I kind of dig that, but it, 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 unfortunately, my story paints poor Stanlin into the, yeah, I shouldn't have done it anyway, kid, again. And oh. I wasn't trying to do it, but I figured he might actually That's be smarter goes. about things. And the other thing I was thinking was maybe Zor actually imparts some things to him that even Malakta wouldn't know by some sort of, uh, you know, to get him out of here, he has to know something that maybe is higher than any person could possibly imagine in order for him to, to survive right, or whatever. Right. So maybe it puts Stanlin on a level around like sorceress level just for this one adventure to help him get the hell out of there and save his own life or whatever. And then the thing that I liked is at the end of this, maybe Zor wasn't able to stop everything that's happening. And the idea that the horde now knows that the, the ultimate evil power is awoken and they're like, okay, we're gunning for this. The Snake Men know it's there too, because oh, Skeletor and King Hiss combined together to help raise the tower. So it's the idea that All Father looks at it and it's like, we have everybody coming here for this one thing, and the only thing that can stop it now is the gods have to come back to help He Man. You know, and I, it's like, like I said, this is, <laughs> I didn't plan for it to be this, but right. this is a pivot point moment then in the history where it'd be like, you know, the sorceress is not the sorceress as much anymore because now Zor is a whole different entity. Mm-hmm. And here we go where, you know, it's basically the gods now are stepping in and it's it's raising the stakes a huge amount. And it's also, if I was reading this, I'd go, who the hell is Allfather? Right. And then if I'm finding all this other stuff out, I'd be like, holy crap, how much do I not know about this stuff? <laughs> you know? And that's what you love so, doing. It's, it's, exactly. it's throwing some nods back to some stuff that happened before, make pain in a new light. Even your Zor really is taking it back in a roundabout way to the original concept of Zor, um, mm-hmm. where it was just the fighting falcon, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Zor for me, like, you threw that one at me, and I'm, it's, it, like, there's still elements I'd love to iron out, yeah. but for the most part, like, you know, that would be interesting for me if I was just reading a comic and then out of nowhere this whole, like, one ep- one issue thing is all about the sorceress is now getting visited by some guy and it turns out this is like the ancient god that helped everything starts like holy crap yeah that's nuts yeah and you love that you love seeing that history you love to show me show me some history so i like how you turn that i i do (laughs) again i mean it it, without without uh that reference material on the org though i would have been like what the heck you know like i would have never I would have, I would have basically the the other way I thought about doing it, and this would have been more of a this is what you get for giving me these characters. <laughs> What's going to be? And the ending would have been the would have been a never ending story with Stanley riding on Zor. Yay! <laughs> but anyway, like um, oh, I, I, I unfortunately I don't have what Ninjor would be, or you know, like Ninjor. I know Ninjor would be like trying to fight sure. Zor and feel like he's on a, almost that same level as Zor. Yeah. And the idea is Zor's floating on these or flying on these solar wings, so it's the idea he's bringing light into the into the darkness. And the idea that Ninjor's like, but I am the darkness because he would be a stealth guy. He would be he'd function well in the dark. He'd be the the stealth uh, silent one. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that, you know, Zor would probably have a bit yeah. of a run for his money there because he'd be trying to choke him to death with the darkness. And Zor would be like using his wings to cut through things to try to get to the 
see it to number one stop him from using the power but then when he also finds out about stanlin being there it's the whole oh crap you know like so I got a human to, that I got to carry with me on top of all this. Yeah, stuff, basically, so. basically, it's it's a it's a horror story. It's a it's a survive the night. It's you yes. know if we can just make it through. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's I like it. I like. I, I would watch that. I would read that. That is on. Well, on top of that, the other the other thing that I thought was cool is no archaeologist would have ever been able to meet something that they are studying. Right. So there is an element of that where I think Stanley would just be there. And his jaw would be on the floor, just going. Yeah, yeah. You're Zor, like you're you're not like sorcerer Zor, because maybe they would know about that. But he'd be like, yeah. you're like the god Zor showing up, and 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 it would it would be like blowing his mind to go like, I only study the temples, I've never met the people, you right, know. And right. and then and then Zor would almost be giving like a first hand account of what it meant to be like a god right. on Eternia and, and the beginnings be, of all yeah. of this, the beginnings of all the creation and stuff. And that's why I, I can't figure out more than that at this point. And I'm not going to push it any further because I want to hear what you did, but there's I definitely some potential. I like that. I like that. It's a nice, it's a nice little story. It's, it's a simple survive the night, but at the, but at the same time you, you open the potential to all these flashbacks and, you know, world building and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that's awesome. I like uh, I like where you went with that. The the only other thing I could say is it might be kind of cool because poor Stanlin is in the same situation. But what would be different this time <laughs> is after he gets out of it, and there is still the Zor deity there. Mm-hmm. Zor would it would maybe go to Eternos Palace to address this is what's happening and have Stanlin, and he'd almost be like, "I like this man. He's now my like." He looks at him as. I will trust him and he right. is to come with me and I want him to document this or something along those lines. So it gives him a little more cred yeah. than just being like the damsel in distress in this ep- issue or episode and in that I, way. And I think, uh, I think you could work him in too, you know, where Stanley would actually contribute something this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I will say in the, in the original episode when he was, but a, but a pre teenager, like he rescued He-Man, Ram-Man and Battle Cat. Exactly. So he's got a pretty good resume. Uh, well, but, say about him. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and that's, that's the thing. I don't hate him. He's yeah. not a character I hate, but I look at that character and I go, when I think heroes, I don't think of Stanlin. I think more, but you're right. He was heroic. I mean, that's, I still get chills with that, you know, away boy, not afraid. And the music kicks in. It's like, as a kid, that's the closest you ever got to being like a hero watching a kid save He-Man, you know I mean? And I like that idea here where it's like, you get the same, the same kind of a feeling like he's older now, but he's kind of like us where we'd be like. Yeah, but we'd still want to be the hero. Oh, right? we, we'd still want to have our chance to help these and guys. He could be. He could help him with some knowledge or some some mm-hmm. deciphering or something he found before he got there. You know, searching the Viper Tower. I mean, there's, yeah, there's yeah, that well, there's he, that there's that potential there to make Stanley be the key to actually winning. You know, mm-hmm. well, he he uh, he didn't know the hieroglyphics the first time. Yeah. So this time around, he actually studied. He put his mind yeah, to it. Yeah. And he did the right things, and he he hit the books ever since. And it's like he couldn't be the royal archaeologist now that Malakthor retired if he didn't know that stuff. So I like that element of it a lot, too. And while he and uh, Zor are talking back and forth, he could be, like, filling in things. Zor being like, you're well aware of your not, you know, you're well aware of your history. You're like, right. I had a good teacher, you know, that and then just, like, having these cool nods to Malakthor. I like it. You know, so. I like it. No, that's that's solid story. That's 
That's very nice. Um, yeah. Wow. So what do you got? I want to hear about Vicar. <laughs> what do I got? Well, okay, so who, who did you saddle me with? Uh, Vicron, Cyclone, and Demo Man. Vicron, Cyclone, and Demo Man. Now, he threw me the Cyclone. That was very nice of me. He knows that's one of my favorite characters. But uh, yeah. he also knows how much I hate concept characters. Um, yep. And, and, and I'll explain. I don't necessarily hate the concept characters. I hate whenever they force concept characters into the lore. Um, so I think, like I've said before, I think some characters could have just been released, like, just like, hey, this is prototype He-Man, or this is one of the prototype Skeletors, rather than actually trying to shoehorn them into the stories. So, Sean knows this very well, and so he said, well, I'm gonna make you, t- I'm gonna make you come up with a story for them, and shoehorn <laughs> them into the mythos. So... Uh, it took, it took some thinking, but, and, and I did, I did fudge some things, I did blend a few different cannons together, I kind of mixed and matched what I wanted to, and I made some stuff up. Uh, so, <laughs> so, bear with me, but, uh, but, you know, I, I think most of it's based in reality. But, but just remember, this is not following any particular canon for mine. It's just it's just going to be a good story. So we open up. I, I picture it opening up at the Royal Palace, um, just like we've seen a million times. Whichever version your mind goes to, that's the Royal Palace. A nice pan shot, and uh, you got Cyclone and Roboto there, um, and and they're they're walking the palace grounds. They're having they're having some fun, whatever, on the way to their next chess match, whatever they whatever they do, you know. Mm-hmm. I really like the pairing of Cyclone and Roboto. And they see some kids playing, you know, in the gardens or whatever. And these these kids are pretending that they're they're these characters from Eternian history and they, and you know, uh one one's pretending to be, you know, Lord Cholo and he's commanding the other ones like, Oh, you know, you will fight in my arena to the death and then you will you will do this and that and Roboto stops you in you know, it's very robotic. It's, you know, you know, children, according to my databanks, you're inaccurate in your portrayal of this scene. And, uh, <laughs> and Roboto goes on and explains to them kind of what actually happened with these pit fighters and stuff in ancient, in, in, well, not ancient Eternia, but in, in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Cyclo, uh, you know, he says something about, you know, all pit, all pit fighters were just dumb barbarians who existed only for carnage and you know the joy of death in this or whatever you know and, and Cyclone's like well you know Roboto that that's not always the case and Roboto's like what do you mean and so Cyclone's like all right children gather around I got a story for you and then we do flashback <laughs> um so easily um. And, and looking stuff up without even bending too much, according according to the classics bios, Vicron was a pit fighter in Lord Cholo's arena, only yep. a mere uh, fifty years before the time of Adam. Uh, so we go back uh, as we as we flash back here, where we're tre- we we arrive in Anwat Gar, where we see a noticeably younger Cyclone, 
but he's still already trained. He's already got the the uh, electronics. He's he's already the cyborg, cyclone, sure. pretty much. But you can just tell he looks a little younger. Um, uh, and as we'll see, he's a little more brash, a little less the the old wise cyclone that we all know. But mm-hmm. so so we've got we've got cyclone. He's an Anwat Gar. Uh, we see him. Uh, and uh, we see him with uh, his mentor and his mentors, um, who I named Tornado, um, obvious reasons. And it, what Tornado was the original uh, prototype name for Cyclone. Yep. So he's talking to Master Tornado, and uh, it, Tornado's talking to him about, you know, his his he one day he will be, you know, the guardian of the temple of Anwat Gar, and he must protect the legacy stones. And all this and that, and, and Cyclone, you know, he's half listening, he's half paying attention to other stuff. He's young, it's has some cute girls run by, whatever. You know, we're <laughs> we're showing that this is this is a younger Cyclone. He's not a, he's not as interested in his duty. He doesn't, you know, kind of almost a little Prince Adamy. He's just kind of like, yeah, 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 it'll be fine. No one ever bugs us. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but basically, so so we see a little bit of Cyclone in his everyday life, a little bit of him. Uh, being carefree and brushing up against his master, and then, but then of course that night, a night later, whatever, we cut to a, ni- a nighttime cyclone supposed to be guarding the the temple, um, and he's taking a nap under a tree, whatever, you know, it's not important. He sees some stars, whatever, um, but then the next thing he knows, all of a sudden the temple is surrounded by these little flying bat creatures. And they're just swarming it, and he tries to get in, uh, and they're blocking him. He's he's using everything he's got, uh, you know, flinging his disc, spinning around, and finally he busts in. But just as he gets in there, they're taken off out a window, a couple of them with uh, legacy stones. So he goes and he takes flight after them, and he's trying to trying trying to catch them. Uh, but they got a pretty good lead on him already, so he's flying through the night. There's a whole group of them. He's attacking some, taking them out, but he can't get up to the lead two. Um, finally, as dawn's approaching, he finally gets up to them, and they're they're out over. They're off the island now. They've gone over the ocean. They're somewhere in Eternia now, the mainland, and he's and he fights them to the ground. Uh, but they're just, they're not giving up. And all of a sudden, they, 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 it seems like they're multiplying. There's more coming. They're getting reinforcements. And Cyclone's just getting the crud kicked out of him. Like, he just, he can't keep up. And he's he's out of energy. He's just, he's, he's barely standing. Um, as they just swarm around him and basically envelope him. And then at the last second before they finish him off, all of a sudden this guy comes through and just tears through him and just starts beating you know he's he's bashing and he's kicking and he's punching, um, and then we see Cyclone and he passes out. Um, wakes up the next morning, sitting around a campfire, um, and there's this guy sitting across from him. He's you know what happened, and he goes, "Well, you got you got took a pretty bad beating there. They got me pretty good too. Uh, they ruined a bunch of my armor that I had." <laughs> I like that. And, uh, and Cyclone's like, but the stones, did you see stones? He's like, oh, there were there were a couple of them that flew off with a couple of stones, but I, you know, uh, I, I didn't stop them. 
And and Cyclone gets all mad. He's it's very like I say, he's very impulsive, very ang- quick to anger here. And he's like, "You fool! Why didn't you get those stones? The stones are all that matters, and all this and that." And Vicron, uh, as we know, this is obviously Vicron who he's mm-hmm. meeting here. And he goes, there, "There's," he's like, "I don't care about your stones. You're lucky I even saved your life, you know." And and he, you know, he goes, "And who's gonna replace all my damaged armor? I just went on this." This tour of arenas I've been fighting in. I acquired all this new armor, and now half of it's a junk thanks to those bat things. And he points <laughs> to this pile of just like discarded, beat up armor, and, and Cyclone's just like, "What do you care about armor? What does it matter?" And he goes, "I'm. Don't you know who I am? I'm Vicron. I am the greatest fighter in Lord Cholo's arena, and all I had to show." He goes, "You know." Uh, us pit fighters, we don't have anything to show for for our for our wins except for except for our you know our win count in our armor. That's what we had to show for it. We never we don't own property. We none of that, you know. Nice. And uh, and, and so Cyclone's just like just like whatever, dude. I need to find I need to find these. Uh, uh, I need to find the stones. I need to find the legacy stones. There, it's, it was my only duty, and I failed. I need to get them, and I need to get back to my island. And Vicron's like, oh, you know, you're not going anywhere, and they kind of get into it a little bit, but Cyclone's still weak, so Vicron's pretty easily kicking his butt, you know. Cyclone's mm-hmm. making fun of him. He's like, oh, you're just a crude pit fighter, and, and Vicron's using some pretty good moves to, to, to take him down, especially in his weakened state. And basically, the, not to go into too much detail, but uh, Sean knows I, there's certain scenes that I get in my mind and it just sticks with me. But basically, Cyclone convinces him, you know, he's like, I can't pay you for your armor. He kind of lies to Vicron. He's like, he's like, but if you come with me, these stones we're getting, they, they, provide, they provide an armor, an amazing armor, a fabulous armor. And, and if you help me, I'll give you one of them so at least I can take one home. And they won't fall into evil hands. Um, and so Vicron agrees to help him track down uh, mm-hmm. track down these bat creatures. And so then we, we've got like a little, a little cross-country buddy trip there where, you know, they're kind of getting to know each other. Uh, Vicron teaches him a little bit about how to fight and everything and how to like you know, uh, uh, you know, he's like, you got to assess an opponent, boy, you know, and you got to, he kind of teaches them how to, how to uh, combat people by using their own strengths against them and mm-hmm. just, just kind of fine tunes his fighting skills a little more down and dirty. Cyclone's very much like the, the classically trained guy and he's not mm-hmm. used to pit fighting. I imagine them along the way, um, well, they stop in a tavern, I know that. They, there's a tavern along the way. That's where they find out that these bat creatures are servants of this evil uh, demo man creature. He's a creature from another dimension who's who's trying to open a portal back to his home. And so Cyclone's like, well, he must be wanting to use the power of the Legacy Stones to achieve that goal. Um, <laughs> nice. And so and so so basically, it turns into a buddy ramp across the country there as they go to uh, Demo Man's lair, which I picture to be this huge tower somewhere uh, in. in and you know the dark hemisphere of Eternia, and 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 along the way they grow a little closer. They learn to work with each other. Vicron teaches Cyclone how to how to uh, how, like I said, how to get down and dirty, how to really scrap 
I mean, I picture, like, at that tavern, I picture they get into a fight because Vicron's just, like, pissing off some, you know, somebody in the bar. <laughs> um, uh, but then they get, they get up against, they get close to Demo Man's tower here eventually, and, uh, and they get hit pretty hard. Demo Man's, like, pulling out all the stops. He's got, he's got guards, he's got monsters, creatures, or bad things. He's just got everything because he knows he's close. He's got the mm-hmm. legacy stones now. He knows he's close to opening the portal, so he's 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 got like everyone's on high alert. There's a ton of things to fight through, and and Vikram just looks at me and, and he and and he he's like he's like you know what kid that he's like I can't I'm not doing this I'm uh, there's too much here I'm not gonna die this way it's it's not worth it it's not my fight um, so he's like you know I got you here. And I'm taking my payment, and good luck. And Cyclone's like, what, what do you mean you're taking your payment? Uh, and it turns out that Vicron had one of the Legacy Stones all along. <laughs> I he like did, that. He did manage to get one of them from him. He's like, oh, I was hoping to get two, you know, both of them, but, you know, one's good enough, and I'll figure out how to use it myself. And... And if I, as Cyclones just ticked off, he's like, oh, I guess I was right. All you pit fighters are just, you know, you can even have a little emulation at the beginning there. He's like, all you pit fighters are just a little, are just crude barbarians who only care mm-hmm. about winning, you know. And, and so Vicron's like, whatever, and he takes off. Um, and Cyclone, he feels, he feels bad enough. He's bound by the deal, so he lets him go with the one legacy stone. But he's gonna get the other one back because he knows bad things are gonna happen if Demo Man gets the gets the gateway open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he starts his assault on the tower, which does not go well at all. He gets taken capture pretty quickly because they're just there's too big of a force uh, for him to overcome. Uh, and then and then basically you get you, you get your you get your Han Solo moment coming up here. I'm a sucker for. It I was thinking of that. I, was I know I'm, I'm hitting tropes here, but I can't help it. It's just it's so great when you think someone's done and they just come back. You know, so Cyclone's being taken to the tower, and all of a sudden Vicron shows up, and he just the same thing. He just swoops in, beats up the shadow beasts or whatever. We yeah, what do shadow beasts? That'd be cool. And our, the demon mm-hmm. has got all these shadow beasts around the tower. He just beats up all these shadow beasts that taking Cyclone prisoner and taking them to the tower. And, and Cyclone looks at him and he's, he's like, you came back. He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, and so he's got the legacy armor on. Vicron does. And he's like, yeah, I figured out how to use the stones. So I figured I at least owed you this much. So let's go get your other stone. And, nice. uh, and so they, they, they get into the tower. They assault the tower together. They make it up to Demo Man, who's just about to open the portal up. And they they're fighting him. Demo Man's using that cutlass and that mace that you know that ball on the chain that you're used to seeing. That's amazing. And, yeah. and they're all fighting and everything. And uh, uh, Cyclone ends up getting the other Legacy Stone, and he puts on the armor. So you got Vicron and Cyclone all powered up going against Demo Man, and they end nice. up forcing Demo Man through the portal himself, and then sealing it off. Um, and that's basically why we don't see a demo man in you know the present day Eternia. And if you really want to just still go that story about demo man and Keldor merged, which I don't, it's not here, but it still leaves it open for that. That that's sure. That's how he gets into the other dimension for Hordak to use him. 
but that story nice. I feel is blah. Um, and, you know, as the sun comes up over the horizon, the uh, Vicron and Cyclone are at the top of the tower, and Vicron's like, you know, he takes off the armor, and he's like, you know, kid, he's like, I, I, for the for one of the first times in my life, I felt pretty bad there, you know, I let you down leaving you. He's like, here, take your stone, you know. Uh, he's like, I don't need it. I'll get my own armor. And and so Cyclone's there to go take his take the legacy stones back to Anwatgar. Vicron heads back to Lord Cholo's arena. And and then we flash back to the present day where, you know, Cyclone's Cyclone's getting pretty choked up remembering this and Roboto, Roboto's, you know, he's going, you know, Cyclone, you sure taught me something today. I guess, I guess there is more than just the facts to a story. You've got to take into account the personalities of people. Um, and, and so did you, did you ever see your friend Vicron again? And, uh, Cyclone goes, well, I saw him a couple of times, but, uh, it didn't end well for him in the arena. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to keep that in or not. <laughs> the, the, the one thing I was thinking that would have been kind of fun is when they were doing their buddy trip to go get the stones back, it would have been cool if if you had Cyclone do what a, you know, it, it, you're, you're just this barbarian, you don't have any thought, yeah, you, yeah, just, yeah. you just react and... You're, you're just there for the money and stuff. And then out of nowhere, maybe he'd, but, like, Vi- Vicron would bust out, like, some kind of ancient Eternian dialect. And Cyclone being like, how do you know that? Yeah, He's like, yeah, you just exactly... think I'm a barbarian, don't you? you know, yeah. That kind of a thing. <laughs> like I said, I was trying to go for a more broad stroke thing. I got blow bogged mm-hmm. down in these scenes that, like, over the past week I've been thinking about those certain scenes. Like, I, I've actually thought I'm pretty good detail. But, yeah, that's the idea is that during this yeah. – they're kind of like Vicron's teaching Cyclone to be a little bit more of a hand-to-hand guy, a little more down and dirty, a little more real life. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, Cyclone's learning exactly what he was talking to kids about that, you know, people can surprise you on the inside. Like you said, like Vicron yep. actually, actually has a bit of a brain. He's a bit of a strategist, really. And that's how he wins all these pit fights. It's not just brute strength. He knows how to turn a guy against himself. You know, if mm-hmm. you got an overly big guy turning against him, and same thing. It's like, yeah, if he he knows the second dialect, or you know, yeah, he talks about his family and stuff. You know, in his upbringing, you know, maybe he was raised at a bit of a higher station, and he chose to do this because it's what he's good at. You know, it's or or it's, it's like uh, uh, in Conan where he had to learn this stuff because, it, like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of picture it, it. He he might travel around, right. so he'd have to use different dialects in order yep. to rally the crowd or whatever. Yep, that's exactly what fun. I did off the beginning yep. there. Yep, so, I like that. I like so, that. Yeah, so that was actually, once I got going there, the pieces all just kind of clicked together pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, I was trying to create a story that wouldn't necessarily buck too much against what we know already, but that still would be kind of refreshing and making, especially the character of Vicron, more than just the, well, this is the Mark Taylor concept He-Man. Like, this was his barbarian He-Man. You Mm -hmm. know, uh, which I feel doesn't do it a service because... It's a, it's a pretty neat design, and like I said, with the right character, the right circumstances, the right effort put into him, you can really make this into into a whole different character and breathe some life into him. So that is something that Sean has really shown me this week, is, is if you really <laughs> stop and think about 
Because I'll admit, yeah. I, I was prejudiced against them. These concept characters who I always said, you know, and like I said, the stories that I that are out there, I don't feel are the strongest or don't really do them a service. Where you're just throwing Demo Man in as just like, oh, he's the spirit that is used to keep Keldor alive. Like, that's a pretty weak story, you know, in, yeah. in, in uh, of its own. So, yeah, and. Uh, I- I don't know. I, I've always been the kind of person when I was a kid and I was playing with stuff. If I had a character that wasn't necessarily like an A-list character, yeah. I might convert them into something that I thought would tell my story better. And mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was disservicing that character because if it made them more interesting to me, isn't that a right. better thing? You know, like it, then you're actually invested in them one way or the other. And like, I did that tons with like masters characters. I did it with superheroes even. Right. It's like, okay, th- this might be, you know, like this might be this version of Superman, but in my version, this is why he's here and he looks like Superman or something, you right. know? And uh, so in that way, it's like Vicron to me and, and, um, and the, the specific character that we've been talking about a, a ton in the last week, yes, which we uh, I don't know how far we want to mention that on the show or if we want to wait for that. But yeah, there, there's probably not too much specifics, but yeah, we've, we've been talking a bit. <laughs> well, it, it, the thing, the thing for me is, you know, Masters is always going to have the spotlight on He-Man. Right. And it's like, it pretty much, it's like trickle down economics in a way. It's like, mm-hmm. here's He-Man. And then everybody from there, it's like, yeah. it, it's like you got your, 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 uh, eight backers. And then from there on, it's kind of just trickling down from there. And, right. you know, it's like, to me, Yes, I love He-Man. He's a great character. He he's a he's a character that he has never gotten old for me. He's he's somebody that to this day, the minute I see a picture of He-Man, it just makes me smile and go like I can think of adventures right off the top of my head that I would be right. thinking of for that character. But then when you look at somebody like say Fisto, mm-hmm. or you look at somebody like Cyclone, or it, then you take into the into the whole thing of okay, then you have these concept characters that now we've had in the classic slides like. I'd like to have some fun going, well, how did they fit in versus being told how they fit in at this point? Because uh, there's enough headcanon out there that everybody has their own opinions nowadays. Right. So. And, and it's like we said, it's a little more freeing. There's yes. The less there's known about a character, the easier it is to divert the storyline in new and interesting ways. Uh, like mm-hmm. a character with Vicron or even, let's say, like Wondar or somebody like him. Um, you could really play with that, with those concepts, and, and create some new interesting stories. That's why I, I think it's, that's why I came up with the B team idea. You know, that's been handed me for years that we talked about in last month's discussion episode. Um, it just, it, it, there's so much you can do with them, and I've said ever since you know 2002 that there needs to be a he-Man and the Masters of the Universe series or comic book or whatever, and then there needs to be a Masters of the Universe comic series where we're just focused on, like, hey, let's tell a story about Fisto right now. Then, mm-hmm. like, the next arc could be about Cyclone or about Stratos or maybe, like, about Real Blast and Extendar. Like, you could take a couple of them, but just kind of focused on some of the individual Masters because there's so many characters. And while Mike Young did do a good job of branching out more... And, you know, giving, like, Buzz Off a couple episodes and Cyclone a couple episodes and Roboto had a few times to shine. They did it better, but it's still, at the end of the day, your main storyline is He-Man, Tila, Man-Arm, Sorceress. Like, that's yeah. your... 
that's your main storyline. Everything else is just going to be like an episode here and there. So I think the franchise could easily support a secondary series that's following just all of the secondary characters here and there. It doesn't even have to be like, hey, let's stick with Fisto for, you know, a hundred issues. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, let's do a three-issue story arc or even just like a single issue, just one, you know, mini-comic style, you know, ABC storyline. You know, it doesn't even have to be big epic arcs. And that's actually one of the things I kind of toned down a little bit, actually. I know I rambled for a long time, but my original kind of story concept went even bigger and made it an even bigger thing. But I'm like, you know what, let's parse this down. Let's say it's only, like, an issue or two issues or, like, one episode of a show. Like, what's something that we can do, like, you know, a little more boom, 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 Mm -hmm. rather than... Because, and like Sean's brought up time and time again, you guys are sick of hearing it, so I'll say it this time. You know, I'm sick of everything (laughs) having to be the next big event. Like, it's got to be the end of the universe, or it's got to be, you know, the end of the multiverse, or the, the, you know, the end of Grayskull, or the end of... I'm so sick of ends of. Like, let's just have some good stories that you know can still move a main story along but just just have a you know let's just fight negator let's just stop demo man let's just try and survive the night with ninjor like and mm-hmm. i actually sounded like a bad blind date or something like <laughs> well win a night with ninjor <laughs> win a night with ninjor will you survive <laughs> no but but that's that's the thing like um it, everybody wants to go to the ends of things. Like, yeah. I mean, it, just to throw out, uh, in the, in the last couple days, mm-hmm. um, Zack Snyder has made the rounds again, talking about Batman v Superman and then really? still lamenting over his justice league die. version. It, the guy only has that to his name anymore that he wants to keep hounding <laughs> on this thing. And the, and, and the thing is the reason that stories like that don't work is they're not earned. And that's that's the biggest problem with that that movie franchise in general. If you look at Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and the Justice League, is that supposed to be a trilogy? Okay. How is that supposed to even work? That should have been a whole different thing. And people going to okay, the end of Gray Skull, the end of this, the end of the universe, and all that stuff. It's like, how is this earned? How is how is the story leading to this point where you're seeing? This is on the horizon, and it's going to be something that matters to these characters, and it matters to the audience. If you're just starting out with that, it's not going to be even remotely compelling because most people are going to go, "I don't know these characters. Right. Why do I give a crap? If they die, they die." You know, like right. to quote uh, to quote uh, Dolph Lundgren at one point, <laughs> "If they die, they die. Yeah. Boom, that's it." And it's like, you know, at, at least uh, not not to go off Masters again, but Marvel at least earned their right. tenure run to the point where you were genuinely like, holy crap, Thanos, you and know, it, and it took that long. And even though it you know, we can, we can still point out the things we were, I mean, it still wasn't perfect. It still no, wasn't where no. we thought it would end up. I think there is some room for improvement in Marvel, but at least, like you said, at least they earned it. They had, they, they made you care about the characters. They took their time Mm-hmm. Whereas yes, DC they just wanted to be like, hey, let's do that in like two <laughs> let's do years. that in three movies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and oh, as no. much as I love it, and I know the fan base is pretty split on it, but Eternity War was the same way. It's I think that was one of the the best Masters comic series, but the problem, same thing. The problem was there was not the backstory. I mean, you had to assume everything that happened up to that point. 
and people weren't ready for it yet. And I think mm-hmm. that was the biggest backlash because we jumped right into the story and the next thing we know, everything's dying. Everything's getting destroyed. Yeah. Everything's getting changed. If that had been, like, if that was the end of, like, a five-year run, like... That would have been a hell of a run. It would have been a hell of an ending. Like, building mm-hmm. everything up and then coming to this point, uh, and it would have been universally celebrated, I think, and... Like I said, I still enjoyed it. I think it was really well done. But for some people need that, that build-up, and I completely understand that. And it would have been even better even for me if there had been that build-up because it took me until about halfway through it to go like, okay, everything already happened, and this is the end game Because they weren't even very upfront about that. Like, they, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, Eternity War. And like, this is the end times. And it's like, well, wait, what? And it's like, oh, we've been building to this the whole time. Like, this makes sense now, but same thing. They, did, they didn't come out and say it right away. They just kind of, like, halfway through it, they're like, oh, yeah, this is the end times. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, the, the thing about Masters, unfortunately, is it's it's one of these, you got to grab the attention and hope for the best mm-hmm. in the storylines because the, the, the base audience mm-hmm. is, you know, like, we're not in the numbers of the people that are going out to see the Marvel movies. We're not in the numbers of anyone that would go to see the Batman movies. We're, we're such a small contingent of a fan base, even though we've managed, like, uh, I, I'm not going to say I was part of it because I wasn't in the Maddie Collector stuff until and the I, end. And I but, wasn't buying subscriptions, so I wasn't, well, I was that evil cherry picker, but, but uh, <laughs> the fan base kept it for 10, did. 11, 12 years. And, you know, that is amazing. I still think the that fact, has to be a world record. I mean, I, I can't think of another toy line that's gone on continuously for that long. Even to me, I think even Marvel Legends got discontinued and rebooted in between there. Like, it, they I might think, be the closest. I think um, on Battlecast, I think it was, Eamon was talking about it, and he even said he thinks it's, it's the longest-running toy line ever. And when they threw Marvel Legends at him, he was like, yeah, but Marvel Legends have changed. They're not the same toy right. line as they are now. Right, and they you can't changed. really count that. Well, I think and Toy they, Biz they, even started it, right? Toy Wasn't Biz it? started toy Biz it. Started and then Hasbro, mm-hmm. and then they changed scales, and they changed... Yes. Yeah, so I, yeah, would, so, I would say... I want to say off the top of my head, Masters of the Universe Classics is the longest continuous toy line ever, which is amazing, yeah. considering we had very little media through that whole time, and that's usually exactly. what drives it. Yeah, and, and so, like... We managed to do that as a as a community, as a fan base. And like I said, I'm stepping away from saying I'm part of it. I helped <laughs> a little bit at the end, but I wasn't involved in keeping it alive because I wasn't able to up till the very end, unfortunately. But, you know, you have a fan base that's able to do that. Yeah. And the, unfortunately, those numbers, they were still jockeying to try to get those numbers mm-hmm. every freaking month. And it was always this, oh, dear God, we're not going to hit. The, the the numbers, yep. the line's going to die. Every year. The Rose Googles, I knew. Yep. And, you know, it reminded me of, like, the PBS pledge drives, which usually made me shut the TV off yeah. if I was watching PBS because it would drive me nuts. But it, it's like I, I'm, I'm amazed, proud, and staggered by how far it got. And I'm also still sad of what there could have been left. But at the same time, you know, like, anybody who jumps into this line and wants to tell stories using this line... There is a certain amount of I got to hit them hard, hit them fast, because this yeah. is what's going to be the story I can contribute to the mythology or to the brand. And I might not be able to tell it ever again. And so, like, I know um, Rob David being yeah. a force behind the Eternity War, 
he he kind of admitted that in in the Rose Google interview that they had with him, where he was like, "This has been burning a hole in my notebook, and I right. needed to tell this story." It's like you know, yeah, I don't like, I don't begrudge him that because yeah. my God, if I got to if they, if somebody said to me, Sean. We don't know you, but we'd like you to do something <laughs> for this. And I'd just look at him and go, me? And then yeah. I'd be like, well, I want to do this. And it would probably be something where, again, attorney yeah. is in the, the whole world's in peril. And I want to tell this crazy story right. where it's showing He-Man flexing his muscles in a really huge way. Where right. it's like, this is why He-Man's He-Man. But then at the end of the day, we don't have those stories that are telling like, right. here's Fisto and Buzz Off having an adventure doing something. Here's Cyclone and Mossman mm-hmm. going and doing something and, and having an right. adventure doing their thing or whatever. And it's like that's part of for, – for everybody, you always have that other character other than He-Man that is someone you're jumping towards and you're like, this guy really does it for me. And it would be fun to at least explore those either one or two issue storylines. Exactly. Almost like, hey, give them mini comics again at least because right. at least in the mini comics – we had many faces being highlighted. Yeah. We had tri- Triclops, Trapjaw, Ram Man. You know, I mean, they, we had tons of cool characters. That those are some of my favorite mini comics because you got to see He Man being a part of it, but you right. got to at least meet this new character and have some time yeah, with them. You got the you feel know? for them. You got you mm-hmm. got to know who they were. And that's one thing I'll say that at least uh, MV Creations back when they were doing the 2000X comics, they did do that at least for the villains. They had those icons of evil yeah. one shots, which was nice. Um, and even towards the end of the run, they did like a Stratos issue and an Orco issue. Um, unfortunately, that was all cut short. But uh, but yeah, I think, it, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, so have your main line for He-Man flexing his muscles and doing that end-of-the-world stuff, and then just, mm-hmm. just give us a, a secondary one, a secondary book, whatever, and, and just give us some stories just day-to-day, you know. Just snouts about putting out fires, literally just putting out fires. Like, sure. uh, <laughs> you know... Well, you could have Snout Spound and Cyclone teaming up to put out fires because one could use the wind, the other could or take the wind away maybe or something, and mm-hmm. the other one could be using the water to to do it. And yeah. I, I mean, like uh, even with these concept ones that we're talking about, there's yeah. there's some there's some legs for these guys that Absolutely. you know. I mean, part of the fun of Masters is half the time you turn over a rock and there's someone you didn't even know was in the mythology. I didn't know about the All Father. Right. Until you had me do the the mm-hmm. three character thing this time, I, and I remembered seeing the Zor idea, but then I'm like, oh wait, I can put that in there, you know, right. and all this stuff, and it's like now, I, I I'm not gonna lie, I would have loved to have that version of Zor on my shelf. That would have been amazing to have yeah. on my shelf to have this like freaking here's a here's like the warrior Zor showing up with you know battle armor and everything. So that um, would be awesome. But yeah, oh. like. Um, it's 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 good stuff. Like Masters just lends itself to this, and I agree. Like yeah. I would love to see one offs or two issue little little like in between issues where you get these little stories like this. Because even as a kid, those were some of my favorite issues where the oh, big yeah. storyline was six issues, and then you get this one or two off story where sometimes it has nothing to do what you what you did. It's a palate cleanser, and right. you're just like, hey, this is fun. Like I remember fun. Right. You know? <laughs> That's it. It's like not everything has to be the death of everything, the doom of everything. Sometimes you just want to see, you know, you just want to see Buzz Off fighting Clawful to, you know, rescue a village from his evil grip. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, you know, you got all these characters. Use them already. 
Definitely. So hopefully when we see that teaser trailer from uh, Kevin in a couple hours here, hopefully he'll have a pretty good variety of cast. So. Uh, it, it is 11.16 by my iPad clock, so yeah. in 45 minutes we'll see what happens yeah. here. <laughs> For you, I've got I've got an hour and forty five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it, we'll I'm, see. I'm gonna have to look that thing up, and then if it's somebody that's playing an April Fool's prank, I'm just gonna be like, "Ha! Ah, I out I out woke you because uh, I'm up and I'm gonna just be up." Be, you should, that's you, it. That's you, should, you should blow up that page at midnight, just like, hey, where's, "Where's my it? trailer? Where is it? Where's my trailer? Where is it?" <laughs> 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 and all of a sudden, Kevin Smith's getting all these Twitter messages <laughs> from me and be like, I was told that you Kevin. were going to give me something. Where is it? <laughs> I'm waiting, Kevin. <laughs> I'm waiting. I won't be ignored, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Oh, oh, well, on that note. Uh, Shawnee, you got anything else to wrap us up with? Get off your chest. What you got? Um, so so here's, here's something... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little crossover thing here quickly. Right. Um, last episode of Council, the first one. This ties in with what we're talking about. Sure. Um, uh, Tim Seeley. Mm-hmm. We we got to talk to him about issues four and five of the Multiverse book. And one thing that he said, because we were asking him about other ideas for storylines that could have dovetailed out of the Multiverse book, yeah. was he kept saying, "Get in touch with Mattel. Let them know that." the 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 fan base is out there and wants to see more stuff because the more they know that the fans want it the more that they will actually do things about it because rob david is interested in pushing more of this out there and telling more stories so what we do here is a great example of saying look we're just two guys that enjoy masters. We're spitballing ideas. Absolutely. I mean, if you could just listen to the amount of Facebook messenger messages <laughs> we've given back and forth about Absolutely. this idea that we've been kicking around, not, not just for fun, but actually wanting to do something yeah. with it. There, there's it definitely, have any, it doesn't have anything to do with even what we had here. This is all on yeah. strenuous this, thing. I mean, this, this is, is, this is what extracurricular. We do. This is what we do for fun. We sit yes. around and we kick it. Well, I used to just sit around and kick all these ideas around in my head, and they never went anywhere. But now that I got somebody to bounce them off of, it's actually growing into like, hey, this could actually be a story because, yep. you know, you need that. You, sometimes you need that guy to bounce stuff off of. You know, no one's perfect, yep. uh, and except it, George uh, Lucas, if you ask him. But he's the only <laughs> one. But uh, but but the idea though is, but yeah, you know, no, as fans. I agree. Definitely, if there's a way, if it, I don't, I don't know if we ended up finding a way to get in touch with Mattel or Rob David directly. But the oh, whole point that, is that Masters find, of the Universe Facebook page. There is that official one that is always dropping the card back art and everything. That's run by may not be run by Mattel, but it's run by somebody that Mattel employs at least. You know, one of these okay. social media firms or whatever. But it's it's probably the easiest direct link to Mattel. Um, that that's a great option. Then it, it's the idea of. Let them know. Let them know that this stuff is something you would want to buy and something you would want to support because this, like these mini series, are all that we have as a comic book form right now. And then to move on to something else potentially and maybe do like an actual series again or to do one offs like we're talking about and maybe say, hey, I'd love to see a a, a couple of comics where like Fisto and Buzz Off are on an adventure, whatever. 
And and it's the idea of we as fans have been verbal about the classics line. We've been verbal about the multiverse story. We've been ver- verbal about even the, the new cartoons we're about to get. Mm-hmm. Here's your chance to get in there and just go, hey, put more of this into my life. Put it, so definitely, if if you think of any ways, uh, go into that Facebook page, posting it on heman.org, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely try to go that route. Know that... You know, this is stuff that actually gets you excited, and it will it will prolong the longevity of Masters to many people. Um, right. I I definitely think that would be a good option to do, since you know we're just two guys spitballing these ideas and having fun and recording it. Basically, yep. like we're not yeah. getting paid to do it. We're not no. we're not in any any um, we're not in any standing that we could make this work in a in a like a here DC publish this for us, but. There's other ones out there as well. Podcasters of the Universe does, they have what they call POTU canon. Yeah. And they talk about how the characters are in their minds to make it that this is our version of it and here's stories they could tell. It's like, this is going on. It's but, not something that stops or it's new. It's mm-hmm. the fans are enjoying it. But I would like to say if anyone from DC Comics is listening right now and you would like to publish anything we're talking about, you know, just drop me a line. I'm on Facebook and everything. So. <laughs> And we'll talk. Oh. <laughs> and if, it, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, I'm along for the ride too, and I'll hey, slum it. Okay. <laughs> uh, actually, you'll slum it with me. I shouldn't say I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll do slum. about it. I'll do anything they want me to do. <laughs> what you talking about? <laughs> so anyway, that, that's pretty much the last no, uh, like words like of wisdom. That if you're a fan and no, this absolutely. stuff is fun to you, that is a great way to try to keep it going. And I still can't help but feel, um, you know, you guys followed us, you've listened to our other episodes, I can't help but feel like this is the time. There's a lot of forward momentum going right now. Um, So, you know, we got two series, we got a toy line, even ignoring that movie that's never going to happen. I mean, it's still, (laughs) there is a lot of momentum going right now. Mm-hmm. And I know me and Sean have already spitballed about what this multiverse could be leading into. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. I don't know. But yes, yeah, always good idea. Throw throw a line out to the guys that are running it, and you know, mm-hmm. just show them you want it. That's Definitely. all we can do. So with that, I'm going to go through my spiel. Like, share, subscribe. Mostly so you'll be entered into that contest. I'm giving away a couple pops next week. Um, ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when a new episode premieres. Visit our Facebook page. Check out Sean Skavarna's art over on Facebook. That link's down below. I've gotten really good about putting links in every episode. Um, check out Cancel the First Ones, Battlecast, Podcast Universe. I'm going to link everybody down below. We're going to just share the love this week. This is going to be oh, a love it, week. It's yeah, a great just, community. I'll, just, I'll link everybody down below. It's, it is a great community. <laughs> it's It's nice. <laughs> It's nice that there's so many options out there. There's it, there's a podcast for every palette. It um, is. It is. Uh, but yeah, so I think I got it all. So I'll just say until next time. Until next time.